Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. It was a lot less stressful than you would think, I think, going on holiday at the moment. Definitely still worth it, but there's still lots of added complications about going abroad at the moment. But you know what? I think it was worth it just to get some sunshine. I think probably the biggest individual change is that if you have been double vaccinated or your children are a certain age, that you don't have to do a pre-departure test anymore. So that's a big help because one of the issues is not always just about the cost, because testing overseas is considerably cheaper than the UK. It's about the worry, what's going to happen if it comes back positive. The rules have changed many times, so it, I can understand the confusion. But right now, the rules are that if you're fully vaccinated, you can travel to hundreds of countries without having to quarantine on your return. You also won't need to take a pre-departure test before flying back to the UK. Um, The test on or before day two of your return remains, but we're waiting to hear whether a PCR test will be replaced with a lateral flow instead. There should be an update on this soon from the government. This week, I'm joined by witch expert Naomi Leach for a jam-packed episode on travel. We'll be covering the new rules for jet setters, including where you can go and what tests you need, and how to find a decent test provider. Plus, we'll be discussing whether holiday prices are rising and the all-important travel insurance policies that will have you covered. We are witch. This week, the government announced new rules for international travel. The traffic light system has now been simplified. There'll no longer be an amber list of countries, just red listed ones and the rest of the world. And there'll also be changes to testing requirements, which we'll be looking at in some detail later on. Naomi, for anyone hoping to get away for half term or some winter sunshine, have there been any major changes for popular holiday destinations switching between red and non-red, as it's now being called? So the government has scrapped the traffic lights and introduced this new system of of the red list and the rest of the world. This is intended to simplify travel and we're expecting another update to the red list. But the most recent one we saw um, had the likes of Egypt, the Maldives and Turkey finally removed from the red list. It's always important, however, to check the FCDO advice is in line with the government list so that you don't invalidate your travel insurance. But the good news is that the FCDO has just relaxed travel advice for 32 countries, including Fiji and Malaysia. So it's more likely now than, than it has been in recent months that you'll be able to travel further afield. Do check that greenlit countries are actually welcoming Brits, um, because we know that Brits are supposed to be able to travel to the US from November, but the date hasn't been confirmed and there's destinations like Australia that still aren't letting us in. 
So can we unpick these new rules? Because just last month, the Office for for National Statistics published data from their International Passenger Survey, which included that 80% of Britons travelling overseas found it either difficult or very difficult to follow UK restrictions. And this is something I'd agree with myself. And I've also heard anecdotally from friends. So Naomi, can you give us some clarity? What do the new rules mean for travel and testing? Absolutely. The rules have changed many times, so I can understand the confusion. But right now, the rules are that if you're fully vaccinated, you can travel to hundreds of countries without having to quarantine on your return. You also won't need to take a pre-departure test before flying back to the UK. Um, the test on day, on or before day two of your return remains, but we're waiting to hear whether a PCR test will be replaced with a lateral flow instead. Um, there should be an update on this soon from the government. If you're not fully vaccinated, then you still need to take a pre-departure test before you fly home and a PCR test on day two and day eight after you return. You also have to self-isolate for 10 days and travellers from red list countries have to spend 11 nights quarantining in a hotel at a cost of over £2,000. So what is it actually like to travel abroad right now? Let's start with an account from one of our listeners, Jack. Here he shares his experience of a trip to Mallorca last month. Hi, I'm Jack and I recently travelled to Mallorca. And do you know what? The whole trip was actually a lot less stressful than I thought it might be. In terms of the health checks and the testing, once I knew what I had to do, they were all relatively straightforward. So for getting into Mallorca, all I had to do was a health questionnaire within 48 hours of arrival and also prove that I'd had both of my COVID vaccinations. And I was really impressed actually in Palmer Airport about how quick these checks were. We were through and into arrivals before we knew it. Coming back to the UK was a bit more time consuming and quite a bit more expensive because I had to have a test before I flew and also one after I'd arrived back in the UK. And this Whilst it cost me more financially, I'd sort of factored it into the whole budget, so I wasn't too bothered about that. The thing about all the health checks and the testing that actually added more stress was before we went on holiday, where you're reading through reams of information online, trying to find out exactly what you need to do, which forms you need to fill out, what tests you need, then trying to find a test provider that you trust and is legitimate and isn't going to charge you lots of money. That added quite a bit more stress before we flew. In terms of how safe I felt in the airport and whilst I was on holiday, actually lots of people were still wearing masks, if not everyone, in the airport and on the plane. So I felt relatively safe doing that. I didn't stay in an all-inclusive resort. I don't think I'd feel comfortable doing that quite yet, being around lots of people. So I stayed in a self-catering accommodation and that just felt better because it meant I could manage the people I was interacting with a lot more and it just reduced down my contacts, reduced down the risk of me potentially catching something whilst I was in Mallorca, which would prevent me from flying home. So as I say, it it was a lot less stressful than you would think. I think going on holiday at the moment, definitely still worth it, but there's still lots of added complications about going abroad at the moment, which you have to factor in. But do you know what? I think it was worth it just to get some sunshine. I was also lucky enough to go abroad last month for my honeymoon and my experience was pretty similar to Jack's. Though personally, I didn't feel overly comfortable with the use of face masks on the flight as most passengers took them off to eat and drink. And as for social distancing, well, once we'd landed, we were asked to get our bags in groups of rows whilst maintaining two metres distance from other passengers. 
which is effectively impossible. So it, it felt like a bit of a performance. And actually, most of the passengers laughed. But I'd agree that sorting out testing was probably the most difficult part. Now, with the new changes, this should, in theory, be slightly simpler now. But there seems to have been quite a lot of confusion about what tests can be used for travel. And just last week, the Witch Travel team published a story about how some tests that are marketed to be carried in your suitcase for self-testing are actually illegal. Naomi, can you explain what happened here? Some test kits are approved for self-testing at home, such as the NHS lateral flows, but obviously you can't travel with those. Um, And other kits are only legal if if they're used by a trained clinician. Some of the lateral flow tests, including those made by firms on BA.com's list of test providers and two on Jet2's list of test providers, are not compliant with the Medicine and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency rules. So you can tell whether a self-test is compliant because it has a four-digit number after the CE mark. We've asked the government on several occasions whether travellers will be stopped from entering the country if they use these tests that didn't comply with the regulations. It hasn't replied, and we haven't heard of anyone being stopped for using tests without the right code, but we'd recommend that travellers only use tests that do comply with the legislation. And what's your advice then to find a compliant, cheap and reliable test? Is there a standout brand? Because while the government lists hundreds of providers, it doesn't actually give an indication of quality, does it? It doesn't. There are more than a thousand private COVID test providers on the government's list, and the majority of them haven't been checked or tested by anybody. So our best advice is to check that it's accredited, Ensure that the test provider will refund you should you need to cancel your trip. A good PCR company should be confident that it can deliver your test results in time. We've seen companies like Testing for All limit the number of at-home tests it sells to ensure that they can meet the demand. Um, You can look for discounts with airlines like BA and some travel agencies such as First Choice say that they've vetted the companies that they've partnered with. If you're worried about doing the test yourself or want a speedy turnaround, you can go to a clinic in person or Collinson have a testing site at Heathrow. Before forking out for a PCR kit, it's also worth reading reviews on social media to see what experiences others have had with the provider. Now, one of our standout providers uh, and one of the cheapest is Testing for All. And we've been speaking with Kelly Khalifa from the testing provider to find out how they break down their cost. So if you look at it for the PCR test, uh, you know, the lab charges us anywhere between 20 and 22 pounds for, for their PCR test. Now, it's important to note that as part of our obligations, um, if there is a positive, we need to sequence that positive to understand what uh, variant it corresponds to. And that comes at, at uh, an additional cost. Then if you take your kit cost on top of that, um, you're looking at about sort of six to eight pounds. And then finally, you have to count logistics, which is a big chunk as well. Um, so for outbound and then a return to the lab, you know, you've got about seven pounds there. So, you know, that in itself takes you in the region of the sort of 33 to 37 pounds per PCR test. And then, of course, the fun bit is that, unfortunately, you have to add VAT on top of that, which for us, based on our kit costs and our um, retail price is about eight pounds. And we do pass a little bit of our platform costs because obviously and overheads because we've got a we've got a customer service team and we've got a tech team to pay for as well. So um, that's that's the little bit that gets you to the to the forty nine pounds basically. So it's pretty streamlined. The important thing for us is as we scale up, we can unlock some savings and and pass these on to customers. So we're continuously trying to to drop the prices lower. 
And we've also heard from many of you about testing on the Witch Travel Group on Facebook. One member, Barbara, says she arranged her testing through her tour operator, but describes this as additional stress. Naomi, is this something you generally recommend doing yourself or could travel agents help? So this really depends on who your travel agent is and which provider they use. So I can't give any actual advice on this. It can prove cheaper and easier. But if you want to cut out the middleman, then I'd say follow the the earlier tips and choose a provider yourself. We are witch. So, so testing is now one additional thing we have to budget into our travel costs. But what about the actual price of getting away? I saw this week that TUI published its holidays are up 15% for 2022 compared with 2019. That feels quite bleak for holiday makers. Uh, Naomi, is it a similar picture with other providers and airlines? I'm afraid we don't have any of our own research on this just yet. Obviously, the industry's really suffered during the pandemic, so prices may indeed rise. Now, Tui also said they expect bookings for next year to be similar to pre-COVID levels. But if we look at the number of passengers at Heathrow this summer, we still seem a way off. In August, there were just over 2 million people travelling through its terminals, which is a 48% increase compared with July. But that's still down over 70% on pre-COVID numbers. Naomi, do you think the overhaul of the traffic light system will make a big difference for consumers previously on the fence about travelling? The mood is more positive. Um, The FCDO advice has been lifted to several destinations and most of the world is on the government's safe to visit list. But it's still impossible to speculate as obviously there's a personal risk assessment involved in deciding on travelling during a pandemic rather than just the price, the testing and all the hassle involved. For now, the summer season's over, so we'll just have to wait and see if the pandemic eases and the world opens up more um, as to whether things will return to normal in 2022. We've also been speaking about this with Sean Tipton from ABSA, the Association of British Travel Agents, and he tells us how these changes have already impacted bookings with their members. Well, obviously, since the pandemic started, you know, from 19 months ago, we saw a catastrophic fall off in business, around about 90%, if not higher than that in many instances. So we were looking for some good news. And there was a lot of leaks going to the press about potential changes to the traffic light system and whether you'd need actually to take a pre-departure test. And as always with leaks, we were a bit suspicious about them. But actually, as it turned out, the news was accurate and it was very good news. And we have seen a pretty substantial increase in business for members. Um, anecdotally, they're saying this is you know, exactly what they're waiting for. The problem for us, though, it's just happened so late in the season. We're in October now. So it would have been better for us if this had occurred earlier on in the summer, which is clearly our peak period. But you know, there's many, many people wanting to get away. I think the business would have been even better if it had been earlier, because clearly a lot of people weren't prepared to wait that long and they've, they've holidayed in the UK and that their leave has gone, but still good news. It really is. And I've just come back from Greece where the weather was amazing and uh, there were other British holidaymakers there just really glad to be getting away, particularly as I believe the weather in the UK was pretty appalling in the last few weeks. So, so yeah, good news, but it has come very late in the season. So what we're hoping, uh, particularly with half term coming up, that um, families will be able to think about getting away. We're also trying to encourage people thinking of, you know, if you haven't been able to go overseas for whatever reason over the last two years, that don't don't think it's too late to go. Um, weather in certain around the Southern Med is good in many cases through November. 
Um, you might get the odd rainy day. I'm not going to deny that, but it's still going to be better than here. So it's not too late to take a late break. And I know some countries are extending their season for that very reason, because usually many of these places shut down early October, middle October, but many more are thinking, okay, there will be more tourists coming later in the year, not just from the UK, but obviously from the rest of the EU as well. And I'm, I'm concentrating on Europe mostly because that's where we take most of our foreign holidays, about 90% of them. One of our bigger members, Tui, put out some interesting stats today saying that their bookings from Germany and the Netherlands were actually higher up to pre-COVID levels, which is very promising. Not quite so good from the UK because we still, our restrictions have only started to be lifted in a substantial way fairly recently. I think, I think probably the biggest individual change is that if you have been double vaccinated or your children are of a certain age that you don't have to do a pre-departure test anymore uh, that came in on very recently on the 4th of October and that's that's a big help because one of the issues is not always just about the cost because testing overseas is considerably cheaper than the UK it's about the worry what's going to happen if it comes back positive. Sean ends there on a very key point. Now, I and Jack and Barbara, who we heard from earlier, fortunately tested negative when we were travelling. But what happens if your test does come back positive while you're away? So depending on the destination, you may have to quarantine at a special facility or stay longer at your hotel. This could be at your own expense or their government. This means it's vital to choose an insurance policy that covers this scenario. A quarantine will last a minimum of 10 days and you can only fly home once you have a negative test result. So Naomi, just to end then on travel insurance, are there any policies you'd recommend that would cover you in this instance uh, and for other COVID-related disruptions? So there's a long list of ways that COVID-19 can disrupt your holiday, from catching it before you go to testing positive overseas and needing to stay longer. Choose the wrong travel insurance policy, even if it includes COVID cover, and you could be left hundreds of pounds out of pocket. Which has analysed more than 260 travel insurance policies earlier this year and found many only cover you if you catch COVID before you travel and have to cancel or catch it while you're abroad and require medical treatment. Many won't cover you if you're forced to quarantine abroad, but some of the better policies we found were with HSBC and, and Barclays Bank. But it's best to check on which website for a bit more detail. Thanks to Naomi and thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Witch Money podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds to leave us a review wherever you're listening. These make the world of difference when it comes to listeners actually finding our show. So it would be very, very appreciated. And of course, you can also find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was produced, recorded and edited by Rob Lilly with additional support from Ian Aikman. Music.